Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Heirloom Academy podcast. For those who are new here, let me just do a quick introduction. My name is Sherry Taylor. I am an independent jewelry appraiser, GIA graduate gemologist, and registered master valuer, and I help clients to value and document their collections so that they can protect their jewelry for generations to come. My company is S. Taylor Jewelry Appraisal and Consultation in Burlington, Ontario, Canada, and as a business owner, I very much am also the marketing department over here. So that's why I'm really excited for this episode today with our very special guest, Larissa Wurstiak. Larissa is the founder and creative director of Joy Joya, a digital marketing agency that serves the jewelry industry. Larissa is the creator and host of the Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Podcast and the author of the book, Jewelry Marketing Joy. She's spoken on the topic of digital marketing at a number of industry events, including JCK, Conclave, Istanbul Jewelry Show, and more. Let's welcome Larissa to the podcast. Hi, Larissa. Thank you for joining the podcast today. Hey, Sherry. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you interested in marketing for the jewelry industry. Sure. Yeah. So... I'm Larissa. I'm the founder of Joy Joya, and we are a digital marketing agency that works exclusively with the jewelry industry. And we've been doing this almost eight years now. Um, Mm -hmm. And we take a really holistic and story-driven strategic approach to marketing, which I think is really well suited for the jewelry industry because it's so driven by story and by emotional connection and I think not enough jewelry businesses are kind of like looking at that and taking advantage of that way to connect with the customer. Um, And I started, well, I've been in marketing for a long time, almost like 15 years now, I would say. Wow. Um, Yeah, but I wasn't always in jewelry. I worked in other industries that I was very like bored by. (laughs) Um, So I decided, you know, I love marketing, I can apply the marketing principles to like pretty much any industry and jewelry was just something I'd always been really passionate about. I had worked in jewelry stores. So I had that sales and like customer service experience. And I just decided to like niche into that industry. What a great combination. And yes, the brilliance of the jewelry industry will not get boring. So no, yeah, very <laughs> definitely not. Good area. And uh, I've been sort of binging your podcast the last few days in preparation for this. And I did notice, as you said earlier, you're very, uh, your message is very story driven for a lot of people that are looking to market their jewelry brand, which I think is fantastic. Now, for Instagram specifically, I know for myself, I'm finding lately, and as I've heard sort of across the board, it's been a little bit more challenging to grow on that platform. And so what are your top tips for creating Instagram reels? And I have a feeling it's going to relate back to the storytelling piece. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. So it is more challenging. And I mean, we could complain all day long about how the algorithm is confusing and mysterious. And I think, you know, if you're a jewelry business starting completely from scratch on Instagram, yes, that is going to be pretty hard because it's a saturated (laughs) platform. But if you've already been on there and you're kind of looking for ways to engage your audience a little better, 
one, I think it's really utilizing all the features of the platform and all the different, they call it surfaces. So like reels, carousels, lives, stories, using all like the little tools within all those things. So on stories, for example, like the stickers and the links and the polls and the questions and trying to constantly be mixing up the content to play around, see what does resonate with your customers, you know, following all the Instagram best practices, like using trending audio, trying to seek out like what are the things that are really hitting or resonating on Instagram at any given time. And of course, that all is a time investment. You know, it's hard to like, especially if you're a solopreneur to do that and then do all the other things in your business. But unfortunately, that's kind of what it takes to like have an impact on platforms like Instagram today, because Instagram meta, they want you to be on the platform. They want you to like spend time on there. And so everything that they suggest you do is just like in service of you spending more time on the platform. Yeah. So that's interesting what you said about utilizing a lot of the different functions, because Mm -hmm. I tend to focus personally, mostly on reels and stories. Um, But I've been trying to get better at linking into my stories. And um, but I don't often go live, but I could see how the algorithm would like people who are more engaging with everything and sort of push that um, to the top. But I do find with some of my content, you know, you'll create something you think it's amazing. Uh, like, for example, a reel, and then it gets very little, you know, traction as far as engagement. And then there'll be other reels where I didn't put any thought into it or very little thought to it. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put up a quick reel today. And then it ends up going crazy. I know that's kind of, that's definitely like one of the more frustrating parts of the platform, especially for people who are actual like social media managers and work in marketing like me. I mean, (laughs) we'll put so much work into something and think, oh, you know, this is really gonna hit. This like has all the elements of like a quote unquote good reel. And then like you said, something that was a little more casual or short or like a little more spontaneous ends up performing better. So I know it's very frustrating. It's almost like you have to decide on, okay, this week I'm going to devote X amount of time to Instagram and allocate that equally across like all the content I need to post and maybe don't invest yourself emotionally too much into any one given thing because you don't really know like what's going to perform well. Yeah, I find I have to, uh, when I'm in a creative mindset, so I'll have to be inspired. And then if I am feeling in that sort of inspired mindset, I will create a few different pieces of content, um, you know, over the course of a couple of hours. And then that way, um, I feel like I'm putting out my best foot forward as far as the message that I'm trying to give off Mm -hmm. rather than, oh my gosh, I have to create a reel today because I haven't done so. Um, But I was listening to one of your podcasts yesterday and you had mentioned, and I may be saying the term improperly, um, but it was something along the lines of marketing burnout, where you get tired of your own message or your own marketing. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I was like, I can relate to this. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I mean, especially when you're the one actually handling all the marketing. I mean, my agency, like we kind of feel that with our clients, but in a way it's good because when you feel burned out by your own content, that means you need to like 
find a way to have fun with it and mix it up. And that can only result in good things for the audience. Because if you're bored by it, like your audience is probably feeling that. So by mixing it up, I don't mean like totally abandoning your message or going off track, but maybe how can I stick with the same story, the same message, but like make it more fun for myself to communicate that. Right. Yeah. It makes so much sense. And I've been trying to break into um, LinkedIn more. Um, So LinkedIn was a platform that I used years ago, more so when I was employed. Um, And then when I started my own business, I sort of turned my focus to Instagram, but, um, you know, in following a lot of different marketing um, podcasts and things like that, I've, I've been hearing that LinkedIn, there's great opportunity on there. And, you know, my customers, a lot of them are on LinkedIn. Um, So I've been trying to really focus my attention there. Um, as many are, I think, on, in the jewelry industry right now. But I understand that content really is, there's some content that just isn't appropriate for LinkedIn. There's sort of a decorum, I feel like, that has to be followed. And I don't know that I fully understand <laughs> the type of content that's appropriate for LinkedIn or what people are, are liking. Specifically, I know, like on Instagram, I do a lot of video but is video appropriate for LinkedIn or is video only appropriate for Instagram? So it's those types of things. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Oh man, I don't know why I'm laughing. I think there are actually like memes. I think there's like a subreddit that's just screenshots of really over the top inappropriate like LinkedIn posts. And so (laughs) I think it's funny like what people choose to share on there I mean it's obviously a platform that's meant to be more career oriented and professional so I think it makes more sense to share things that are like related to work um I think video is totally fine for LinkedIn I like pretty much every social platform these days wants you to share video because it engages other users more it kind of gets them to spend more time on your post and sit there and spend a few seconds with it rather than scroll by. So I think video is totally, um, totally relevant for LinkedIn. But yeah, uh, the LinkedIn algorithm, just like with any other platform, I think it really wants you to post a lot um, in service of, you know, getting you to spend more time on there and getting other people to spend more time on there. So that's a commitment too. And I think any business considering like which platform to be on needs to decide, well, where am I going to get the most bang for my buck? Cause you can't be everywhere and do the best job at all the things. Uh, yeah. Especially if content should be tailored differently. Right. So on, for example, on Instagram, I may in a story share something, you know, I'm doing personally on the weekend, you know, rare occasion, you know, if I'm going to, to an interesting event or something like that, but on LinkedIn, I probably would never do that. So it's, you know, tailoring, your content to what's appropriate for the platform and what other people are, are looking for. So, um, you know, I'll post sort of links to articles I've written or, you know, little short, interesting um, videos with information, but I try to keep them shorter than I would on Instagram. I, I want to see who's in your network because in my experience, the jewelry industry is not really active on LinkedIn. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, I find it's a lot of the big brands. So, you know, like Chopard or Van Cleef or, you know, a lot of the big oh, yeah, got brands. it. Um, mm-hmm. And then there are some gemologists or other jewelry sales professionals just that I actually formerly worked with or somehow connected with over conferences and things like that. But I'll have to find you on LinkedIn and we can uh, maybe swap some 
I guess you don't call them followers on LinkedIn. Connect- connection. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as far as, you know, a marketing strategy, if you are yourself a podcaster, I just started podcasting this past July. And so what are your thoughts on uh, podcasting as a marketing strategy for jewelry brands? Yeah, I think, well, it really depends on your goals. And I guess like, do you have a story that lends itself well to podcasting? What kind of business do you have? Like what kind of audience are you trying to reach? So there really are a lot of variables to think about before you invest in that. I think that people think podcasting is like a really easy way to build an audience, but it takes a really long time to build an audience and you have to be extremely consistent with it, which not everyone is great at doing. So it's definitely a commitment. Yeah. And how long have you had your podcast for? I've had it since November, 2018. So it's been a few years now. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. I just started getting into listening to podcasts. I know this sounds crazy because they've been around for a long time now, but um, probably about two years ago. And I thought, you know what, I could do this. I feel like I love connecting and, you know, having conversations with people, especially in the industry. It's a great way to network. So even just for my own personal enjoyment, I actually don't mind editing, although it is quite a bit of work. Um, But I actually sort of use it sort of as a an added hobby and, and thought, you know what, with adding, um, you know, for a brand like myself, who's adding courses and digital products, it's a great way to be able to advertise that and also offer a lot of valuable content to, um, to listeners who are part of your community. So, um, for myself, I thought, you know what, this would be a fun way to sort of grow my reach. Um, but for somebody who is maybe selling, um, jewelry pieces, I guess like it, would that be something you'd recommend for, you know, maybe a jewelry retail store where they might, you know, have some of their sales associates joining as guests on the podcast to discuss, you know, certain things or certain pieces, like how would, if you were a jewelry store, like how would you kind of go about forming a podcast? Do you think? Yeah. Well, again, I think the thing is, thing I find with a lot of businesses that dabble in this, I think the idea is that there's going to be like an immediate return for the amount of like commitment that it requires, because it really does require a lot of commitment for a long haul where you may not really see a big return. And so what I find is people like give up on it too fast Ah, (laughs) before it has like a chance to work. And Mm -hmm. so I think the first thing is knowing that and being really clear about like what it will take to build an audience. And then also there is like a lot of jewelry information already out there on say TikTok, on YouTube, on Instagram. So it's like, what are you going to bring to the table in a podcast format that's actually different and interesting? What are the best, some of the best ways or a couple of the best ways to grow an audience? Yeah, well, I think doing like cross promotion. So being guests on other podcasts, um, Make, making sure you're like promoting your content on social media to the people that follow you there, building an email list to kind of keep people in the loop about new episodes. Um, I think those would all be good tips. 
And my last question. So a lot of times this time of year, you know, it's, it's a retailer's very busy season for the jewelry industry, one of their busiest seasons of the entire year. And so what would you say to a jewelry brand who is in their busy season in order to, so like some people will say it's sort of separation season. So kind of keep the momentum going and it will separate you from everyone else because those who slow down, you'll kind of pass them along the way. If- oh my God, please don't ever slow down. On <laughs> <laughs> don't do it ever. I mean, I just like, I hear it a lot. They're like, oh, I'm just going to like take a break for a little bit and like reassess or kind of, you know, this hasn't really been working. So I'm going to pull back. It's just, it's always a mistake. Always. Even if like, it's not perfect, it's better to be consistent than to stop and try to start back up again. One, because, you know, you're going to teach your audience that you're inconsistent and there's going to be a lack of trust there. And two, good luck trying to come back because (laughs) I mean, maybe this sounds like really cynical, but once (laughs) you put marketing on the back burner, you're going to like find other things that are more important. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my, my, my mindset with this went to black Friday because um, over the last week, you know, there was just, it was just marketing crazy with for like everything emails like it was just unbelievable mm-hmm. the amount of emails and the reels and the, and everything it was it was like overload so you know for a smaller jewelry company I could see how they might be like you know what uh, I don't know that I'll show up in this in this mix of everything anyway why and sort of feel okay maybe I'll just wait till that's it blows over a little bit but I totally agree with you I think uh staying strong whenever possible is probably the best strategy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you you know, you don't have to necessarily keep up with the like five emails a day that people are sending on like Black Friday, but be consistent in whatever way makes sense to your business. Um, Because again, if you take a break, you're like kind of training people to expect that you're just going to show up when it's like convenient for you. And I lied. I have one more question. <laughs> no worries. You can ask me as many questions as you want. <laughs> um, what is one of the biggest mistakes that you see jewelry brands make in regards to marketing? Oh my goodness. And then I can tell you, <laughs> and then I can tell you what my biggest mistake was, but you, I'll let you answer first. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, <laughs> the biggest mistake I see is Mm, how can I say it? It's not even like a marketing mistake. It's more that they blame a lot of issues in their business on marketing when they are not actually marketing problems, but they are actually business problems. Ooh, and ouch. then, and then, <laughs> oh, is that harsh? I don't know. <laughs> we're getting we're getting the hard truth right here tough love um no but but that's I think that's something people need to hear because they think oh marketing is the thing that's gonna either save us or marketing is the problem it's not working when really if you like peel back a few layers of that marketing onion there's like fundamental business issues that need to be addressed for marketing to actually do the job that it could be doing for you. And I think that that's a hard thing for people to admit. And so that's why people like 
blame the marketing a lot. Um, and that's the thing that I see very, very often. <laughs> that makes sense because when I was working, so when I used to be in retail before I, I got into my own business and in doing independent appraisals, but what I would see often is a lot of the, you know, the big companies I was working for, they'd have a new marketing person every year, you know, well that last year didn't work. So we're going to switch companies and we're going to get someone else in here and they're going to revamp the marketing again. And it was just sort of like this cycle of, you know, maybe yeah, not- and then it's not the marketing person; it's something else. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it's. I guess I'm defending like my profession now, and but that's the thing. Like, it's so easy to blame marketing. It's kind of like a scapegoat. Like, oh, it's the mar- it's a marketing problem. I think a lot of people don't fully understand what marketing can and can't do. So it's like easy for them to blame something they don't understand, and then put the blinders on for the actual change that needs to happen in the business for the marketing to work. Yeah. So I'll share one of my biggest mistakes. I think this is a common one. You can let me know if I'm right, um, is building an email list. So I did this very late, although I had the emails um, collected in my database, I didn't have the knowledge at the time or the help or, or expertise in setting up, you know, what it means to, uh, you know, create an email list. And in Canada, I don't know if the laws are different in the States, but there's, you know, consent to subscriptions and things like that. There's a protocol that we have to go through here that I didn't understand and I was afraid Mm -hmm. to to do something wrong. And so it wasn't until I um, hired my assistant, who's amazing, um, that she was, you know, able to, you know, handle, you know, the proper execution of that for me. And it's been so incredible. And I love the fact that I've built an email community now, but in hindsight, I really should have done it sooner. So that was my major um, mistake. So if anyone's listening, (laughs) build an email list early (laughs) and subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. That's a super common mistake I see and kind of going along with that to the question you asked me about kind of taking a pause or taking a break, especially with email marketing. Mm -hmm. Like if you wait too long, your list is going to be like, who, what? And that's not a good situation to be in either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anybody who uh, is interested in your services, how can they find you? Definitely. So check out my podcast, um, Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Podcast. It's pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. There's also a YouTube channel. Um, And if you want to chat about marketing and potentially see if there's a good fit, you can visit joyjoya.com to schedule a discovery call. That's incredible. And I will put your Instagram link and your website and everything in our description notes uh, for anybody who's interested, but your Instagram content is excellent. So definitely follow Larissa. If you are in the jewelry business, she offers a lot of great reels and tips on her Instagram page. Um, Definitely worth checking that out. Thank you so much for today. This was excellent. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for having me, Sherry. This was super fun. I appreciate it. That was excellent. What a great episode. And in the spirit of marketing, if you would love to join our email community here at the Early Academy podcast on behalf of S. Taylor Jewelry Appraisal and Consultation, I will put the link to do so in the show description. And in subscribing to our email list, you also will receive our free fine jewelry collection catalog. It's a digital template that will help you to document your fine jewelry collection at home 
home. Thank you for listening to the Heirloom Academy podcast. Until next time. Thank <laughs> you.